are you struggling a little bit with your golf game? Maybe you're improving, but not quite fast enough for your liking. You're unclear about some things. Maybe you're not quite sure on what to practice, how to practice. You're looking for community that's supportive. You're looking for world-class coaching. Maybe you don't live near a great coach. Any of these things apply, then I think I'm talking to you. We are so excited to announce that the doors to the Goal-Getter Golf membership will be opening very, very soon. And so I'm inviting you to get on the wait list so that you can learn more about it and then sign up. We are all about helping you play your best golf, no matter where you live. World-class instruction, tips, tools, community, curriculum, all of those things at a fraction of the cost, frankly, of standing in front of someone like me. And we're going to move you to the next level. So if you're interested, click on the link in the show notes here to get on the wait list. Gold Getter Golf Membership. It's here for you. Welcome to the Smart Golfer Podcast, where we help aspiring golfers improve their skills, strategy, and know-how for better performance, fun, and play. I'm your host, Dr. Greta Anderson, and I am beyond excited to help you move from just hitting balls to playing your best golf. So let's get to it. Hey there, I am your host, Dr. Greta Anderson, and you are tuned into the Smart Golfer Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. So we are, for many golfers at least, we are at the dawn of a new season of golf, chock full of intentions and plans and goals and the like. And no matter what, I'm inclined to believe that all of us, right, are ready to put our best foot forward, you know, as we begin this new practice and playing season, we have our goals, our intentions and whatever they may be. So we're all just here. It's spring. It's the, it's the beginning, right? It's a new fresh beginning. So whether you're a seasoned pro or a beginner, recovery is essential for golfers looking to improve their game. So in this episode, we'll explore what recovery means for golfers, the different types of recovery, and some practical techniques that you can use to help yourself recover and ultimately perform better on the course. Now, as smart golfers, we talk about preparation, right? From a variety of perspectives, perspectives, excuse me, from buying the right equipment to practice instruction and the like. But one aspect of preparation that lots of recreational golfers, um, that can be a newer golfer or a more experienced golfer, a lot of us neglect is that recovery. So today, again, that is what we're digging into. So let's get to it. So let's start by talking about what recovery is, what it means. Recovery is defined as the process of restoring your body and mind after physical activity. It's important for all athletes, including golfers, as it helps prevent injury, reduces soreness and fatigue, and improves overall performance. Recovery can be broken down into several categories, including the physical, the psychological, the nutritional, the mental, and a few other areas. Now, one of the first modes of recovery that I want to spend some time discussing today is one that so, so, so many of us overlook. It's right in our faces and it's a part of our lives from the very beginning, but we often take it for granted. 
We don't think about it as being important. We just tend to overlook it. What am I talking about? I am talking about sleep. Sleep is an important factor for physical recovery, psychological recovery, mental recovery. Sleep allows your body to repair and rebuild muscle tissue at its you know, essence. But let's talk about sleep and a couple of aspects of, of it that, you know, we just, a lot of us don't lend credence to. Number one, the quality, and that's quality with an L, is darn near as important as the quantity, right? Now, we know that from the time we are, you know, we pop out of the womb, we need lots of sleep. And it's interesting because as adults, we really, protect. we're very protective, generally speaking, and covet the sleep needed by infants and children. We know that infants, newborns need as many as 17 and 19 hours of sleep a day. And by the time the kitties are, you know, in that early elementary stage, primary stages, they still need in excess of 12 hours a day to be fully functioning and healthy and happy and well-balanced. And most of us are very protective of our children's sleep and that type of thing. But something happens when we enter the uh, hectic nature of adult life. We just we many of us, not all of us, we just abandon um, the thoughts about the significance of sleep and the quality of that sleep. Right. Not too many of us, you know, had backgrounds and environments where it was just all heck breaking loose while we were trying to sleep. No, most of the time, you know, when you're younger, sleep is given a lot of significance and priority. And sometimes that just goes out the window as adults. But we have to do that. So for us as adults, most of us healthy, happy, functioning adults, we still need a good amount of sleep. We need between seven and nine hours a night. And again, when I talk about the quality and the quantity, yes, we need that seven and nine, but equally important, we need quality sleep. So when I talk about quality of sleep, you may have heard the term sleep hygiene. There are a couple of things. So I'm just going to break it down. It's it's a way to sleep dirty. And I'm not just talking about, you know, your room sloppy and you, you know, haven't changed your sheets. That's a whole other issue and some types of thing. But I'm talking about allowing the body and the mind to rest, right? So for example, we've got screens and things, we've got phones and computers and TVs and everything like that. You need to sleep in darkness. Pull those dark, those shades, those blankets, excuse me, those curtains close those blinds. We need darkness. I, for one, maybe 20 years ago at this point, I began sleeping with a sleep mask and it, it ratcheted up the quality of my sleep uh, ex, you know, expeditiously. Why? Because I don't have to strain to keep the light out. I cover out and I shut the world out quite literally. That's a way, that's just an option. But here's another one. No screens in the room. Now I know that's a toughie for a lot of people to think about, but those little beams of light, the ones popping out from your TV, your your phone, that's maybe it's on silent, but that light that keeps flashing, all of those things are affecting your brain and its ability to rest. Because when you are asleep, your mind, your brain is doing a lot of work to help you file information to just get you re, re-energized and rejuiced. And, and all of those things impair the bodies and the brain's ability to do that work. So now, I want you to talk. I want to talk to you a little bit about um, this. I know it sounds like I'm going on and on about sleep, but this is a big one in terms of recovery. And as busy adults, which a lot of golfers are, right? Busy people. We have lots of responsibilities and lots of things going on. I see this sleep deprivation, or at least um, an inadequate, inadequate amount. I might not call it deprivation, but 
just not enough quality sleep. It's staggering. So let's talk about some very serious statistics here. According to the highly respected Center for Biotechnology Information, this is really significant here. Listen to this, folks. We're talking about adults here. Drivers who get six hours of sleep or less are 33% more likely to have an accident on the road compared to those who get seven or eight hours of sleep. You see that window that I was talking about, seven and nine? See that here? Now, they continue. Driving while sleep deprived has the same or worse impact as driving with a blood alcohol concentration of 0.05%. Sleep is so important. So I know you're thinking, okay, Dr. Greta, you're talking about driving and maybe I don't drive a whole lot, that type of thing. But let's let's go further with this. Maybe you don't drive as part of your job, but think about what I just said even more to appreciate the importance of sleep just a little bit more. I wanted to, as I was reading and doing research for this episode, I wanted to share with you some of these unfortunate and infamous incidents that have occurred in society that most of you probably heard of that were caused due to lack of sleep, poor sleep and lack of sleep. Here we go. Now, those of you of a certain age will a lot you will remember most of these, but even if you're not that old, these are were big enough events in world history that you're familiar with them. The meltdown at the Three Mile Island nuclear plant. That was because of the technicians not having enough sleep. Chernobyl, not enough sleep. The Exxon Valdez oil spill, not enough sleep. And this is the one, all of them were horrible, but this is the one that really tugged in my heart. The Space Shuttle Challenger. This was because those brilliant scientists were sleep deprived in stressing out and getting everything just right. And they got everything just right, but not right enough, obviously. So these are extremes, but I just want you to see how significant sleep is being rest. And so these are big life milestones and issues we're talking about there. But we're talking about golf, a much lighter and less um, serious issue. But I want you to understand that sleep is so important to you as a, as a healthy human. But also, if you sleep better, you'll play better, smarter golf, right? And just remember that in the big picture, it is just so much more than that. Now, there's some other areas of recovery that we want to talk about a little bit here. One of them being nutritional recovery. It's also essential for us golfers, right? Eating a balanced diet that includes plenty of protein and carbohydrates can help replenish energy stores and promote muscle recovery. We want to eat a high protein, good carbohydrate meal, Prior to practice and play, we want to develop those great habits, right? Snacking throughout the round. Have you ever noticed? This is one of the things I love watching when um when I'm watching professional golf. I noticed that the tour pros, they're they're not eating out of like, you know, the Cheetos bag or anything like that. They have Tupperware. They're eating real food, real quality, simple food, right? They're out on the course. They're at work, but nonetheless, simple complex carbohydrates, those things that are going to keep them fueling. Now, I know for the rest of us, a lot of times when we're out at the local club 
or local course or the municipal course or whatever the case may be, making the turn and going into the clubhouse, sometimes the choices aren't always as healthful and nutritious as we would like. And we have to manage that. But the good news is it's just as easy to pack a sandwich or take, you know, bring along some nutritional snacks, you know, some fruit, some nuts and that type of thing in the golf bag. After all, we have a bag full of nice pockets that we can load up with things. So we have to be intentional there, right? And we have to moderate. Yes, we're out there having fun. We got to moderate that clubhouse junk because let's face it, we there's a lot of there are a lot of not so good food choices that can be had at, in the clubhouse. Okay. Now, along with that nutrition, hydration. This is another one of the biggies that plays a massive role in recovery. Staying hydrated is so important as dehydration leads to fatigue and decreased performance on the course, right? I mean, it's a big deal. Now, those diuretics that all of us love, I'm here in the South, we love sweet tea, you know, we love coffee, we love sugary drinks and sodas, but on the golf course, pretty much everywhere, but especially out on that golf course, these things are deleterious to our performance. They work against us, folks. That's just no other way to put it. Well, now, sports drinks, they are not all bad, but... They are often not as helpful as you may be led to believe. So it is really important that you read the labels to see how much sugar is in that bottle. Because I want you to remember this. The bottle may be viewed according to the manufacturer. When you read the label there, you know, it'll list all the the sugar, then the carbohydrates and all that good stuff there. But it's important to remember this. Sometimes where it says serving it doesn't necessarily say one. So if you are buying or or, drink, or guzzling down that one bottle and it's showing you the stats and you're thinking, okay, this is great. This is only X number of grams of sugar and this and that. And in that bottle is two, three or four servings and you're treating it as one. Remember, that's a multiplier. You're going to have to really do that math on there. And it turns out that a lot of times you're getting way more sugar and way more of some not so good stuff than you than you bargained for. So I encourage you to really pay attention there and understand that water is essential and valuable. And like I said, those sports drinks aren't so bad, but we have to just be mindful so we're not getting excess sugar and other additives. Now, last year, I think it was last year or so, maybe two years ago, time flies. I had the pleasure of working with the folks at Golf Magazine and Golf.com to produce several articles about the importance of hydration. And that was really interesting work, but informative work. And I got a lot of great feedback about those. So we're going to put the links to those articles in the show notes so that you can read because we kind of ran some experiments and testing to really give you the breakdown of, of how sugar works and what you're getting in a lot of the serving so that you are in the know and you're not out there blindly trying to figure this out. So we're here to help help you be a smart golfer. So again, that'll be in the show notes, okay? So now that we have discussed the science of of recovery, so to speak, we're gonna dig in, dig in, excuse me, and explore some practical recovery techniques that golfers can use to help with recovery. Okay. Now, one great technique is stretching. Stretching is designed to help re, uh, excuse me, increase flexibility, reduce muscle soreness, and prevent injury. 
Foam rolling is a popular recovery technique, right? It goes along with that among athletes and other people, just all of us. Foam rolling is 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 just that using a foam roller. It's kind of a big piece of styrofoam. They come in a bunch of different sizes, but you know you, you can get the size that works best for you. And rolling to apply pressure to sore muscles and breaking up those knots and helping the muscles get that necessary uh, blood flow you know, going again to help that helps relieve soreness and get out the lactic acid and all those things that we need, really reducing muscle tension and promoting relaxation. Now, if you're not promote, excuse me, if you're not familiar with stretching or form rolling or any of these recovery techniques, I really encourage you to consult with some knowledgeable resources in the respective fields, right? I mean, like too many things, too much of a good thing can be harmful. Like you don't want to just foam roll for two hours and that type of thing, but also doing things incorrectly can obviously result in injury. So it's, so it's so important for us to all be mindful of these things and take the time to do a little bit of study and do a bit of learning. You know, that's what experts are for, but also there's always our friend Google, if you want to learn and explore before finding an expert to help you out with some of these things. So in a recent episode of the Smart Golfer podcast, we had our great friend of the show, um, expert, Mr. Coach Johnny Bouchard of Atlanta Sports Recovery, who, by the way, serves as the mobility expert for our coaching programs, the uh, Goal Getter Golf and the Project 72 coaching programs here at Dr. Greta Golf. He was on and he was discussing mobility for golfers and the importance of mobility. So if you have not had a chance to check out that episode, I really encourage you to do so because Johnny really breaks it down. Coach Johnny breaks down the difference between flexibility and mobility, and he really digs in and provides insight into how this is directly connected to your golf performance. So some of those things that you're thinking you're just going to work out with a little bit more of a, you know, a few jumping jacks or stretches and not true. And Coach Johnny helps us to get better informed on that. So I encourage you to check out that episode. Okay. Now, I'm just giving some highlights here on some of these uh, modalities. Note, I'm not giving uh, medical advice here, but we're just talking so that you can get an idea of some things that can really help you out as you begin to explore and further embrace recovery. Massage. Massage is one of my absolute favorites. I can, if I could have a massage or afford to have a massage every day, I would. Massage is a great technique for golfers. It helps to increase that blood flow again, reducing muscle soreness and promoting relaxation. And, you know, every massage is not, you know, just a relaxation. Some of them are really therapeutic. So again, consult with a certified licensed massage uh, therapist or expert to really help you understand the benefits and how that can work for you and your body. Another one of my favorites, again, this is not medical advice, but this is something that you can look into is really advantageous, dry needling. And it's gaining popularity among athletes. It's a way to promote uh, muscle recovery and reduce pain. Use those same needles that you may have seen or experienced in acupuncture, but it's a totally different approach to the use of that the, those those needles. So, incorporating those techniques into your routine can definitely help you recover better and ultimately improve your game, right? It's important to find the recovery routine that works for you and stick to it. Whether it's stretching, foam rolling, massage, 
whatever that combination is, you, you need to find it and it will help you, of course, throughout life, but particularly with your golf game. Now, we know that golf is a physical game that for optimal performance requires use of mental skills. Now, what does that mean? It means that recovery is not only performance, excuse me. Now, what does that mean? It means that recovery is not only important before and after a round of golf, like those things that we just spoke about, but it's also important during the round itself. Nope, nope, nope. I'm not talking about getting down in the middle of the fairway and phone rolling. I'm talking about recovery that we do out on the golf course, right? This the part of the game is physical, but a big part of this thing is mental. And that is where a lot of us come up short. So for us smart golfers, we have to think about recovery in a bunch of different ways. And so now we're talking about recovery in the fairways. Maybe we're not on the fairways. In terms of shot making and shot decision making, someone striving to play smarter golf understands that recovery shots are a part of the game and they often can mean the difference between shooting your personal best in terms of score or just overall fun or less than your best. And that's one of the things I don't often use the comparisons just in every aspect of our game with touring pros and the rest of, of the world's golfers. But this is an important area that I think is important. TV sanitizes tour golf a lot. Pro golfers make lots of mistakes. I mean, obviously they make, relatively speaking, they make fewer mistakes than the rest of the world's golfers, but they do make mistakes. The difference is, is that they are very efficient and proficient in recovery. And what do I mean for that? by that? They are not going to, in most instances, they're not going to compound the problem, right? So for example, if a golfer, if you find yourself in a difficult lie, you know, such as, you know, a bunker or a rough, you know, for many of us, a smart golf means assessing the situation, right? And making a decision that gives you the best chance of a successful recovery shot. This can mean taking a more conservative approach, right? Such as playing safe and laying up rather than, you know, trying to hit a risky shot and getting yourself into a worse situation, getting yourself into a penalty situation or, you know, in more trouble, right? We have to understand that, again, recovery is a part of this process in this great game that we call golf. It's an overlooked aspect of using your wits in the game, recovery. Rather than giving up on that not so good shot you hit, maybe it's the tee shot, maybe it's the second shot on the par five, who knows? A smart golfer, right? Someone striving to play smart golf will use those recovery skills. There's that word again, recovery skills to get back on track and put themselves in a good or at least a decent position to make the next shot a successful one, right? Again, this could mean just hitting a shot that gets you back in play. Often you hear the term taking your medicine, right? So to speak, it just means that making use of a shot or skill that you're comfortable with to get the ball back into a playable position instead of compounding with a, you know, a poor position with a risky shot 
that can just pile onto the situation, right? And, you know, it's happened to all of us at some point, right? You hit a shot, maybe you're lying three, you're sitting three, and you're like, well, eh, I saw, you know, it's possible I can cut through these two pine trees and skirt it low and hit a stinger like Tiger Woods and it'll skip up onto the green. And next thing you know, four shots later, you're still not on the green. It, you know, those kind of situations, all of us have had, what would they call them? The blow up holes, right? This is what we have to learn. These are the skills, almost soft skills in many ways that we develop to avoid the blow up hole, right? So these are the mental decisions that we have to develop the skill of becoming pretty good at to execute during golf. These are the ones that can override those silly risky shots that we may be inclined to attempt when our emotions are running high, or as people say, we're in our feelings, right? So we've got to do that. So as a smart golfer, I invite you to view recovery as a multi-pronged and important resource in your ever-growing toolbox as you expand and improve your golf skills and your golf experiences. Here's the great thing about it. There are so many ways to work on it, which will help us progress toward that rule of 1% better every day, which is what we all strive to do in everything and especially our golf. So if you're ready to take things to the next level on your terms with supportive coaching that will help you create measurable results, right? I invite you to learn more about our signature golf coaching program for driven golfers called Goal Getter Golf. Goal Getter Golf. I'm stumbling today, but it's called Goal Getter Golf. We call it G3 for short. And the link is in the show notes. Okay. So thanks so much for taking the time to think about what I'm saying. And thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks so much for joining us this week on the Smart Golfer Podcast. Make sure you visit our website, drgretagolf.com, where you can subscribe to the show using your preferred podcast platform so you'll never miss a show. And while you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating on that platform. Or if you'd simply like to tell a friend about the show, that could help us out too. And if you like this show, you might want to check out more of our learning programs at academy.drgretagolf.com.